Bengals preview and happy friggin' Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving is about family, so we got Justin and Danny, the whole group together for the entire pod. That's going good. Um, got a, got ourselves a Bengals preview. Had a nice little bye week. Got some stuff done. Hit some topics. Announced Thanksgiving, and we're getting ready for the Bengals into the game that we should honestly dominate this team, which kind of scares me. Justin, I'll kick it to you. What's going on, my brother? gobble gobble uh happy gobble gobble day happy turkey day happy thanksgiving um hello how you doing i'm ready to beat the cincinnati Bengals. i'm also ready to watch football today um i hope everybody's thanksgiving as well and i hope everyone's being safe as well too or light fireworks in your house that's what i was gonna say like being safe is a little like it's a day where you're spending around family i know this year is different but like i said in the patreon this morning Teach your nephew something crazy to how to like teach him how to do something that he you probably should like that his parents would probably be mad. Do something like that today, Danny. How are you doing? That's solid advice. I mean, I'm doing good. I mean, I, I'm not celebrating Thanksgiving today. We're doing it tomorrow because it's nicer outside, and so we don't have to worry about possibly giving people the COVID. So that's fun. Other than that, I'm doing good. I'm looking forward to watching football all day, except Steelers Ravens now because some idiot in the Ravens decided wow. to not follow the rules. It's it's facts. We'll we'll talk about that later, but I was I was really looking forward to that game. Um, we're, we're gonna get to what we're thankful for at the end of the episode, but here's what I, one thing I will say for you know who I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for Kenneth Niesel. His last mm. name rhymes with Diesel, and I'm thankful for him. Justin, why am I thankful thankful for Kenneth? We're thankful for Kenneth because he went to patreoncom giants and he subscribed for two dollars a month to become part of. The Talking Giants TG Patreon family. Do we like calling ourselves like TG for short? Do we like that? It's fine. We don't fine. do it. But I, I, I feel like it's cool, but also nicknames that we give ourselves can be corny. But patreon.com backslash Talking Giants, you get to watch the podcast as we record them. That's You can't necessarily watch podcasts. You get to watch us as we record. You get to see that whenever we record at 11 a.m., that I'm right by a window, and it looks like I have a halo around me. Like, it looks like the lights of heaven are just behind me, and all I have to do is just walk out, walk right past out that window, and the gates are right there. So, um, Kenneth the gets to see that. Real. Kenneth gets to see that at patreon.com backslash talking John. Kenneth. Kenneth. So, Kenneth is kind of like a weird name, let's be real. Oh, here we go. This is a great way to introduce the I had a friend members. in high school whose name was Kenneth, and he went by Tyler. Oh, oh, though that that's just weird. Middle name? <laughs> that, that's just two totally different. Things. I don't know. It probably was, but anyways. All right, let's get into this Giants Bengals preview, though, guys. And honestly, we've been asked about this a million times, like we know and we don't. <clears throat> and here's what I'll say: We're there. Xavier McKinney 
is back. O'Shane Zimenez is back, but Xavier McKinney is back. And guys, it really didn't hit me until I saw a picture of him in football pads. Like, you know, I heard, you know, activated from IR, like that's cool. But until I saw that picture of him actually in shoulder pads, like, oh my gosh, our second round pick, we got so excited. Who, how are we going to use this guy? Is back. And he's in football. Like, he's going to play football for the New York Giants, our second round pick. We've been excited about our third round pick in Matt Parrott, our fourth round pick in Darnay Holmes, our fifth round pick in Shane Lemieux. Hell, we are the last pick of the draft in Tay Crowder, we've been excited about. But now we get to get excited about our second round pick. Justin, I think we kind of like view this the same way. How are they going to use him? Because I, I don't know. Like that's that's my answer to that is I don't know, but I also can't wait to see how they use him, Justin. You want to know what I'm thankful for this Thanksgiving? I'm thankful that we are no longer going to get the question when is when is Xavier McKinney coming back? That's what I'm thankful for first and foremost out of everything. But yeah, Bobby, you hit the nail on the head. The main thing about Xavier McKinney, you know, and I'll bring back this metaphor that I said after we drafted him. Xavier McKinney, like every rose has its thorn. The rose is that McKinney can do a lot right. He is much better when he's moving forward. He is versatile where I think he could be a strong safety, but also an in-the-box safety. You know, kind of those two things are always blended with each other anyway. Uh, I think he's much better, like I said, moving forward when he's covering tight ends, when he's covering running backs in the intermediate part of the field, or when he's moving up and he's playing in the run game. Those are his strengths. Don't necessarily think his strengths, especially coming off of a foot injury, don't think his strengths are going to be moving backwards and playing that deep safety. But the Giants have also been playing a lot of uh, too high safety. They have been doing that. Patrick Graham with Miami played a lot of that single high, but the Giants this year, with the good options that they have had at safety with Love, Ryan, and Peppers, they have been playing a lot of too high. So... I am going to be interested to see not only what it means for McKinney, because those are his strengths kind of moving forward, but also what it means for Logan Ryan, Jabril Peppers. But I think this is bad news for Julian Love. I think this is very, very bad news for Julian Love, because even when Adrian Colbert was healthy, Julian Love's snaps were getting really cut down. Um, but I think Julian Love, we may only see Julian Love on the field for a little bit, but I will. the main thing is I'm excited to just to break down how the Giants did use Xavier McKinney. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see how they use him. You've mentioned Julian Love, which I agree with that. But Danny, I mean, what do you what do you see the snap like snap share being for Xavier McKinney on his first game back? Because I don't expect him to come back full blast. Yeah, that, that's the question. I want to know how much Patrick Graham is willing to use him. Like you don't want to like this is a game where it's it's both good and bad. It's against the Cincinnati Bengals and, and against a quarterback that we're not expecting the world of, but you don't want to throw him out there and have his confidence just shoot down. So I don't, I don't, I, I think McKinney would maybe get like, I just said, it's such a tough question. Cause do they want to keep giving Julian Love some snaps here and there? It's just gonna be fascinating to see how Patrick Graham does decide to use him. I think maybe he'll get maybe in like that, like maybe 20 to 30 range of snaps, maybe like I'm 35. Thinking 50. I'm thinking I don't think 50. he's really? 50. I think that's a little too much, in my opinion. I think they don't want to throw him out there. They want to give him adjusted to it. Or maybe he's perfectly prepared to go out there and run this defense. But I think I think 30 to, maybe, let's say 30 to 40 is the max. But I'm very excited to see how they Patrick Graham utilizes him and Jabril Peppers out on the field. Will you guys be mad when if he plays, like, almost none? Or, or will you guys be like, what the heck is going, if it was going on? Or it will be like, hey, like, they know better than us. 
I wouldn't be mad because it, at that point, like Patrick Graham, these guys know what they're doing. Maybe they just want him to see exactly what they're running, what their coverage looks like to give him acquainted to it. Because it's totally different when you're doing something on the practice field and then when it's a, a live game. So I wouldn't be mad if he virtually plays no snaps. It's just him learning. Because this is the game to learn. It's against the Cincinnati Bengals. Then only from here, it only gets harder. And that's when we're truly going to need McKinney's talents. Yeah, and also, yeah, I, think I think they're there's, gonna work them back slowly. Yeah, there's there's a value in McKinney, I think, in the run game. So on rushing downs, largely, you may see him on first and second down, but on those passing downs, on those third and longs, that's where I feel McKinney will be off the field, and you'll have Ryan, you'll have Peppers, and I think Love will. You know, if Love is going to get his snaps, and if Love still has a path, it is in three safety sets on third down when he is playing deep that's where I think his his role is because that's where his role has been because I don't think McKinney is ready to fill that role yeah I mean we talked about it in you know once he was drafted in the offseason we're like I see McKinney playing down and then Peppers playing a little more high which maybe they will but Peppers has fit so great into this money like this true money backer role what he plays is the definition of that money backer where the money backer is you're covering tight ends and you're playing in the run you're essentially have no gap responsibility. Your job is to make a play. You're got, you know, you're not like, hey, you got to fill this gap. Just go make a play. Um, so I, I would just, I don't see them taking Peppers out of that role. And then O'Shane's back. O'Shane's back, which I don't think any of us think O'Shane's a world beater. In fact, he's one of those guys where it's like, I need to see year. Like he's a, he's a, he's a type of guy where I'm like, year three is when I'll really start to judge him. But I do think he's the best pure pass rusher on the team. Um, it's not saying much, but he's a better pure pass rusher than Fakrell. He's obviously better than, you know, the the guys on the inside. So that adds value. Like, that adds value. And Kyler Fackrell doesn't have to play every single snap of the game like he has been the last few weeks. Yeah, through the first five weeks of the season, O'Shane Zimenez saw 33% of the defensive snaps. But he was tied for second in quarterback hits. He was tied for second in QB pressures. And he was first in QB knockdowns. I mean, he's inserted back in this lineup. And he's he's a safe bet to be getting. 70 to 80 percent of the snaps so it re- he really does make the defense better so even though you know it, it's it's again it's one of those guys where even though he wasn't getting the sacks and he wasn't getting home he also wasn't getting a lot of snap snap share and snap opportunities during the first couple weeks um and I'm pretty sure he was even wor- hurt before week five um but he was still very productive on the team in terms of getting pressure on the quarterback and that's what we need we need guys that can win their individual battles more what I wanted to look at a snaps as well, and I wanted to look at it compared to Lorenzo Carter. He may be the one that benefits the most coming back with Lorenzo Carter being out. Maybe he'll see more of the Lorenzo Carter snaps that he was getting because Carter was playing like 90, 80. One game he had 60% of the snaps. So O'Shane Zibinez, I like the guy. I believe he can be something, not, not as you said, not a world beater, but he could provide quality aspects to this defensive pass rush yeah and i mean like you said before like there's no lorenzo Car- or there lorenzo carter's here marcus golden was here, even though marcus golden wasn't getting a ton of reps but there was like there was four guys in that position where the last few weeks it's, it's been one and it's like okay we're putting you know trent harris jabal sheard uh you know uh, uh coughlin and, and cam brown like where it's like it's been a ragtag group where o'shane i, I think is a, a level above all those guys and, and expectations will be a level above those guys so other things with the Giants, this offensive guard. We talked about it um, after the game, after the Eagles games. Like, okay, you know, maybe they just didn't want to put Hernandez in right after the Corona. Now we get to see how they feel. 
Um, obviously, in Colombo, that was part of his thing is he was not rotating like Joe Judge asked. We don't know which players it was. But now we really see how they feel about Shane Lemieux and Will Hernandez. This is where we really find out how these guys feel about them. And I I mean, I'm intrigued. Like, I don't know who's going to start. I, I would hope it's Will Hernandez. But I think Shane Lemieux's shown enough to where he should be in that rotation if they're going to do it. Um, but man, that's kind of a, I feel like it's a good, it's a good problem to have though. It's a good problem to have depth. We forgot what it's like to have depth on a football team. And that's why like we go into every year and you look at the starting lineups, you're like, you know, this team could do some stuff. We forget. It's like we have, we've had zero depth. So it's nice to have a a little bit of depth on the O-line spot. I wonder if they're not going to be hesitant to slow Kevin Zeitler back. Because they didn't, because they showed patience with Will Hernandez. Obviously, coming back from a concussion, COVID, two totally different things, and who knows how much how much each injury or each injury slash illness was affecting um, uh, each person. But they have shown the patience before, so they may take the opportunity to put Lemieux at right guard. I, I don't. I I wouldn't think so, though. I wouldn't think so. Yeah, and with with um, DiGuglielmo being in. For his what his reputation is, and this is me guessing, I feel like the one veteran on the line, Cam Fleming's a vet, but Zeitler's the you know he's the true vet of the line. Mm-hmm. I see him being like, okay, you're you're my guy, you're my right guard. That's where you, that's you will be playing there. Um, so I I, I think Kevin's there, and Kevin Zeitler's playing against the team that drafted him in the Cincinnati Bengals. They drafted him in the first round all those years ago, so that's that's kind of cool. Last time we played the Bengals, Kevin Zeitler turned a guy's helmet around. Remember that? Yes. Was that 2016? No, that was 20. That was last year in the preseason. Remember, preseason. Danny? Oh yes, 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 yes. He just turned. I think it was existed. Sam Hubbard. Uh, he turned. Like, just turned his helmet around, which was funny. I'll have to share that clip sometime today. Uh, so, so that that's gonna be interesting. Let's talk about the Bengals though. They're obviously banged up. You know, Burrow out, uh, Mixon out, Giovanni Bernard's probably gonna be out with concussion. They didn't find that out until Wednesday. So whether it was in the game, and you know, you'll hear in the interview later. It's like. They didn't find out till Wednesday, and he did interviews Wednesday morning. So I don't, we don't know what's going on with that. Now I will say this is funny. Ryan Finley, we expected the start, and then they announced Brandon Allen the start. I want to know if you guys had the same reaction to me when they announced Brandon Allen. I was like, oh, that's that's not good for the Giants, isn't it? It that shows how bad the Bengals are. That when they announced they're starting Brandon Allen, you think like, oh, that pits them in a better chance to win. I had to double check what I read to make sure I read. I was like, they're not starting ryan finley the guy they drafted and now they're just going to start this random guy well, not random guy he's played before i didn't get the move i mean obviously i'm not an nfl head coach but to me that move signals the Bengals are they're like all right 2020 crappy year let's move on to 2021 let's get a decent draft pick guys what an insane opportunity they have they legitimately may have a shot at the number one or the number two pick now, obviously, that involves the Jets winning a football game, which you know who, they probably won't do. But what a crazy situation this could be for them—that they landed Joe Burrow, and then they can trade away a highly coveted pick in a highly coveted QB class, and then get that haul and be be. He's going to be reunited fe- with Jamar Chase. <laughs> it's great. It's crazy. Wait, why would they? Do- get, well, I guess AJ Green reunited. I guess AJ Green would be would you know AJ Green's gone you know AJ Green has not been that great. We'll this talk year. about AJ in a second, but yeah, they're going to reunite it with Jamar Chase, which that's is wild. That's going to be frustrating because <laughs> I love Jamar Chase so much. Um, Big brain thinking by Zach Taylor. Oh, he's out. Zach Taylor's probably going to get fired. 
No, I, I wrestled that said he's not considered on the hot seat. Yeah. Well, they're, the Bengals are more gonna... patient, which I was cool with them being patient with Marvin. Like, that organization sucks. I actually really like Marvin Lewis. He obviously wasn't like, you know, not. The, I'm not saying he was some great head coach. Before that organization, I liked Marvin Lewis. And I actually liked the idea of, because, you know, we talk about culture and stuff like that. I think you should, like, find your identity and embrace it. And the fact that they're like, we will give anybody a second chance. I actually like that. If you embrace it and you and like you just face it head on, I like that. It's like if you have had any legal troubles, any issues, we will take a chance on you. And I actually kind of like that um, out of out of Marvin Lewis. I, I actually well, thought I, Marvin Lewis was a uh, he just they just didn't win the playoffs, which at the end of the day is your job is to win <laughs> playoffs. But the Bengals, I mean, that's the best run of Bengals history ever. I know I they thought, made didn't, they made a Super Bowl against the 49ers, but that's the best run in Bengals history. I thought you were talking about the Bengals organization giving more, more Marvin Lewis like a second chance. I'm like, Bob, he got a little uh. bit more than a couple <laughs> second chances. He got like 17 second chances. Um, yeah, but uh, I, I am like a Danny. I know you're you're more of like the like the conspiracy feel kind of guy where it's like, oh, the Giants, do, you know, the, another team does this or like you know what Bobby said about pulling the starting quarterback and it's like, oh, uh, that's it. The trap game for the Giants. But I'm not a guy that like feels games as a fan like that. So I will say, I I am riding too high and too confident right now. We should blow this team out, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's the problem. We support the team that can easily lose this game and be embarrassed. (laughs) So their wide receiver core is strong, though, in the trio. Um, AJ Green, obviously, he's the grizzled vet. He's been the number one guy for a long time. He's not really doing anything great this year. 35 catches. 357 yards on a 45% catch rate. I was kind of blown away to see that Higgins who had a connection with Burrow, which I'm interested to see how he looks. Uh, you know, he was kind of the big play guy. And then Boyd, man, Boyd has been solid all year. Uh, you know, 69 catches, 710 yards. So he touched down 79% catch rate. Actually going to save talking about Boyd a little later on. Um, but that wide receiver trio is good. Um, and if, if anything, they're, you know, Brandon Allen will be able to rely on that. My Brandon Allen memories are beating the Browns and me just trash talking Baker Mayfield like crazy last year. What team did he play for? The Broncos. The Broncos. Oh, the Broncos. You guys remember last year where Josh Allen, Brandon Allen, and Kyle Allen all won a game? And it was the first time in NFL history that three starting QBs with the last name Allen won a game. Any relation? No. I would love to know the person that had to go find that stat. <laughs> hey, guy, can you go find the last time three players to name Allen won? That that should have been your trivia question for today, honestly. Yeah, man. really. Um, all right, let's, not not a lot of interest in history between these two. Teams. <laughs> let's let's talk about the right, last time we played was Monday Night Football with that that route that Jason Garrett should run a little more that Odell Beckham. I was had. I was I was at that game. That was the Tom Coughlin Ring of Honor ceremony. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Man, they did the Tom Coughlin Ring of Cer- Honor right the year after. I forgot that. Yeah, it was him, Justin Tuck, Ernie Corsi. There might have been one more. That's weird. All right. Their defense. Carl Lawson has four and a half sacks. You know who's second on the team, guys? Danny? Danny, I already told Justin. Who's second on the team in sacks? I can't even tell you. Well, it's because it's seven different people with one sack. That's who they have. <laughs> so Carl Lawson <laughs> is their entire pass rush. Um, They're a bad defense. Like, they're a bad defense. Um, We'll talk about it in the interview later, but Jesse Bates is a safe is like their bright spot. He's a a beast of a safety for them. So I love watching safety play. So I'm excited to see what he looks like. Hopefully it's not good, but I, I just want to see who he is. They give up 27 uh, yards per game rushing. They give up five yards per carry. 
this is a game where our offense needs to score points and score a lot of them and score them in big plays. Yes. This is the game where Jason Garrett should be aggressive, in my opinion. I mean, we know he's Everyone not, but like, just, 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 just screw it. Just fr- let Daniel Jones throw it deep. All right. This is the, as you said, the Giants need to score points because I don't trust this team a lot to, they scare me. All right. I'm, I'm scared to lose this game. I don't want to lose it. So just go out there, be aggressive, rely on your defense that they'll stop some guy named Brandon Allen and just have fun with it. Just blow him out of the water. Let's do that. There is part of me that does think because of how bad the defense is, and particularly because of how bad the rushing defense is, I think, you know, they're actually better at not allowing, like, consistent four- to five-yard chunks in the run game. They're better at not allowing those plays than allowing runs of 10-plus yards. So because of that, I really think the Giants, It's I think Jason Garrett's going to be like, this is finally a game where I could just pound the rock from start to finish. And I think we may. Come I know out. that's what he's going. He doesn't yeah. do this as an aggressive game. It's like I get to be conservative, and it's going to work so well. This we could game. just uh, we can establish. Uh, I'm 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 saying this genuinely. I'm not even saying this as a joke. We can establish the run and pound the rock from start to finish, quarters one through four. Because really, this is the weakest and least talented group the Giants have faced all year. The Cowboys are are worse, just statistically and schematically and everything, but. Talent-wise, this is the worst group the Giants have ha- has had to face all year. Yeah, the Cowboys are very talent. Like they have a lot of talent on defense, not really in their secondary, but it's like, you, like we. I didn't. I know that Cowboys defense wasn't good, but I went up and it was like their D line has a lot of guys. Jalen Smith is still a playmaker. Um, well, Jalen Smith might be my guy to add next year, which that's an off-season topic. But anyways, you guys got anything else before we uh, kick it to the interview? Uh, yeah, Tate Crowder. What's happening with him? Ooh, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to talk about him and him not be back. I don't know if he was pl- practicing a short. He's been activated because this is his final week. He could be activated, or else he can't return, right? Am I yeah, correct? but I could see him also being on the active roster and know. being inactive. You know, he's not I mean? playing. All right. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, so I, 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 I'm waiting on Tay Crowder to see if he plays. All right, let's let's hit it. Hit it. Kick it to the interview. We got James uh, Ripian of uh, Sports Illustrated. He's actually like gave us some pretty good information. Sometimes these interviews aren't the greatest, but he gave us some really good information. So here's James Ripian of Sports Illustrated. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, we now welcome on to the program. He covers the Cincinnati Bengals for Sports Illustrated, uh, writer for all Bengals. James Rapine. What's going on, James? What's going on? How you doing? Good, good. We uh we haven't done a you know other team interview because we've been playing divisional rivals the last couple of weeks so it's getting back into the flow and and honestly we really need it because this Bengals team there's so much to know about after this week of injuries especially with the QB I'll start at the top though this was new information Giovanni Bernard um he has a concussion obviously he was the backup to Mixon who's going to be out is that something like oh he should be good for game day or is this like new like he's probably not going to play kind of stuff it's brand new. It's so brand new that, you know, we're recording this on a Wednesday evening. We talked to Giovanni Bernard about five hours ago on a Zoom call. And as you know, injured players don't normally chat. So on the the day of an injury, if they're not practicing, they don't talk before the practice. So it was really surprising. And I'm not sure if he's going to go. If he suffered it today, I would be shocked if he plays Sunday. And if he suffered it on Sunday, my question will be, well, then why did he talk? on Wednesday before practice, right? So 
Status up in the air right now. Uh, unfortunately, Zach Taylor, the Bengals head coach, talked before the injury report came out, so we didn't know that Bernard didn't practice. So it's something that will clear up over the next couple of days. But you're very right that the Bengals could be out with be out without their top two running backs, which would uh, just add to the laundry list of issues they have right now going into Sunday's game. Is there issues with Taylor because you know Joe Burrow obviously went down on Sunday, which you know obviously mm-hmm. is horrible to see. And then you see, like, there's some negative reaction to the way he answered questions. And then, I mean, you know, the Bengals obviously haven't been good under him. Um, is, is there, like, trouble with, with Taylor? Is there, like, you know, the tea leaves that he's on his way out the same way the Giants probably were with Shermer this time last year? Uh, I don't think it's to that point for from an organization standpoint. Um, I, I think it should be. I, I think Zach Taylor, he's 421 and one. Um, and I think he's a good guy. It's nothing personal, but at the end of the day, a lot of team or a lot of coaches could win two games with Joe Burrow in the first half of the season. And that's what he did. And unfortunately now the final six games, he's not going to have that rookie quarterback and he's dealing with a lot of rookie or a lot of injuries to key players, but he hasn't won a road game yet in a year and a half plus. So at some point you need to see wins. And I don't think we're going to see that now with Brandon Allen potentially starting on Sunday, let's say it's Ryan Finley or Brandon Allen for the rest of the season. I think it's unrealistic to expect much uh, out of him in this scenario. So we'll see. I do think he, he should need to, to win a couple games at least to get his job back and, and be brought back for year three. But it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what Mike Brown and Katie Blackburn and the Bengals front office and ownership thinks. And I think that they're a little more patient than you know the the average fan or even average analyst or, or beat writer. So uh, my patience is kind of worn thin, and I think you you probably move on at this point. But I think the next six weeks are going to tell the story. If he goes zero and six, I could see him being out the door. Does he somehow salvage a couple of wins here? Does he upset the Giants on Sunday? Which is weird saying upset since it's at home in Cincinnati, but that's the reality of things without Joe Burrow. Uh, if he can do that, then maybe he can save his job and be back for a third season. Right. You mentioned the quarterbacks. You know, we got the news um, Wednesday morning that Brandon Allen would be starting. You got to see Ryan Allen a few weeks last year, and I don't expect anyone to really have paid attention to Brandon Allen in uh, in Denver last year. One, was that a surprise? And two, is it like a kind of a disappointment? Because obviously you draft Joe Burrow to be the future, but I'm sure there were some talks about Ryan Finley last year before the, you know, the QB uh, – change was made and I know I know basically what I'm saying is is it like kind of a, a big letdown or mm-hmm. do people think like Brandon Allen probably is the better option than Finley both because I, I think most people the day Ryan Finley was drafted wondered why the hell they drafted him and they saw a, a quarterback that didn't have a strong arm that they traded up they traded three draft picks a fourth and two sixth up to the uh, six spots in the fourth round to select him he made three starts last year they went 0-3. Uh, he struggled for most of it, completed less than 50% of his passes. Last week, it didn't look any better. He was 3 of three of 10 for 30 yards and an interception. And that was a tough spot. You know, granted, let's be fair, it's a tough spot. Joe Burrow goes down. You're suddenly going up against the Washington team that realizes that, hey, we're going to win this game now. And you haven't played football, really, because there was no preseason. You didn't get many first-team reps in training camp or reps at all because Burrow was taking them all because they were trying to get him ready. So you haven't really played football in a calendar year um, outside of, you know, here and there. And so it was tough for him, but, but he struggled. And so people expected that and never really believed in Ryan Finley. Um, so, so that's part of it. One, 
no one really believed in him. So is Brandon Allen an upgrade? Maybe. But the flip side is, is this coaching staff and specifically Zach Taylor has maintained that Ryan Finley, they had the utmost confidence in him. So much so that the week they released Andy Dalton back in April, he said, oh, we're not going to go get a veteran. And the only reason they signed Brandon Allen, it wasn't to compete for the backup job or anything. It was because of COVID-19, which made sense, COVID-19. And if there's an outbreak in the quarterback room, we want another guy in the system. So they brought in a guy that Taylor had worked with in the past when he was with the Rams. And so it made sense to bring him in. But the moment your starting quarterback goes down the very first week, the backup that's been on the active roster all year suddenly isn't, at least according to reports, Zach Taylor didn't say this for sure, even though the people I've talked to said it is going to be Brandon Allen. Zach Taylor didn't confirm this, but you turn to Brandon Allen. To me, that shows that Ryan Finley, you don't even trust him with your season on the line. We talked about how Taylor needs to win and potentially your job on the line, uh, that that you don't have the confidence in him. So that, that says all you need to know about how they truly feel about Ryan, uh, Ryan Finley if Brandon Allen is the starting quarterback on Sunday. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how before the season, I, there was some kind of rumor that the Giants and Bengals would play week one. I was like, I actually think that's a cool matchup. You got Joe Burrow versus Jones, you know, new mm-hmm. coaching staff. For the I, I thought it was going to be a cool matchup, and now it just the Giants are somehow in the division race of three and seven, and the Bengals seem to be kind of falling apart. But what has been good for the Bengals has been, at least from the outside looking in, is the receiving group. Um, you look at it, AJ Green, he's always, you know, he's always been the guy this year. Boyd is putting out the production. And then we all hear about how Burrow and um, Higgins had a great connection with Burrow gone. Is it like, Hey, Green, you got to be the, like, what is, what is like the outlook of the wide receiver room now? Oh, I mean, from a fantasy standpoint, I'm scared to start any of them. I really <laughs> am. You know, I, in, in that's again, the fantasy analyst in me. Uh, no, they're very capable. And I think Tyler Boyd is a quarterback's best friend. It really doesn't matter who's back there. He, he caught passes from Ryan Finley last year, Andy Dalton last year, obviously uh, Joe Burrow this year. So if it's Brandon Allen or Finley, I think he's going to be solid. But is he going to have the 8, 10, 12 catch games? Probably not because he doesn't have that quarterback anymore that's going to be able to accurately get him the ball. But I, I still think he can – get you five, six, seven catches. He's, he's kind of like Sterling Shepard, a really good route runner, right. uh, s- slot type of guy. They were in the same draft class. I like both guys coming out. I, I think Boyd uh, was drafted about 10 spots later than Shepard. Um, but T Higgins, that's the guy that might suffer the most because he was really getting a rapport with Burrow downfield, has a couple of their longest catches of the year, had a 67-yarder against the Colts, had a 54-yarder last week against Pittsburgh. And, uh, and now you're talking about, Brandon Allen throwing him the ball. I mean, he's never thrown him the ball. You're talking about a rookie wide receiver who is comfortable. So it's tough. Uh, it, it's tough to to under or to really know, honestly, what they're going to be able to do or what they're going to do. And uh, to make matters worse, Auden Tate went on the reserve COVID list today. Mike Thomas is battling a hamstring. So you mentioned those three receivers, Green, Boyd, and Higgins. You might only see those three receivers because the, the other guys that they usually mix in there might not be available on Sunday. And if that is the case, uh, then Alex Erickson will probably be that fourth wide receiver. And he usually just does punt returns and, and special teams work. So right. Bengals wide receivers outside of the the big three, they're uh, sort of hurting right now going into Sunday's game. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, like, like I said before, it's like going into this, it's like Bengals aren't a pushover. You got Joe Burrow, who's been playing good for rookie, those three receivers mixing. And then now it's just, falling apart what has been what people have said negatively about the Bengals all year has been the offensive line mm-hmm. um 
One, I would like to hear an update on Jonah Williams because, you know, he was an eye. I had my eye on the draft last year and it sucked when he got hurt. And then two, did our guy um, Bobby Hart get benched? Because I was looking at the depth chart today. It looks like he's out of there. Um, well, let's start with Jonah Williams. He's been great. I mean, he's been a really good player for them. Uh, he's not a great left tackle yet. I don't mean that, but I, he's he's getting there. And I think right. you can see the path for him to develop into that. But he's been a, their best, most consistent offensive lineman in his first year. You mentioned he missed his entire rookie year last season after getting injured in minicamp. Uh, so I, I think he's he was a good pick at the time. I thought so. And I, I was shocked he fell to 11 to them in 2019. And uh, it's it's worked out well. Now, Bobby Hart, on the other hand, he takes a, he might be the most hated Bengals player, really might be. <laughs> and um, despite that, he's having the best season of his career outside of missing a couple of games with a knee injury. And you're right. He didn't start last week, but that was his first game back. And I, I think it was. Two things. One, Akeem Adenogy, the sixth rounder out of Kansas, had played well, so why not give him another try, this time on the right side? And two, Bobby Hart probably wasn't 100% yet. Returned to practice last Wednesday for the first time, so why rush him back out there? And he ended up finishing the game for Adenogy against Washington when those pass rushers from Washington really started to tee off on Ryan Finley. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked at all if Bobby Hart's back out there this week. He's playing relatively well, yeah, solid in the run game, holding up in the pass game, but it's relatively well on a curve because of Bobby Hart and the expectations for him, right? He, he shouldn't be this team's long-term answer at right tackle. They need to find a solution, but he certainly exceeded expectations this year when he's been out there. Right. Well, it's good to you. Jonah was that he was the guy last year where I was like, I hope he falls to 17, but knew he wasn't going to fall to 17 for the Giants. So I like to I've hear been that there. I well get it, man. Injury. I get it. You have your fingers crossed, just hoping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so instead of asking you about a position group on the defense, um, mm-hmm. I know Carlos Dunlap was traded. Tack, you know, every bad team what thought they were in on the Tack McKinley stuff. And then <laughs> and then he, he fails his physical. So I'll just ask you this. What is the identity of the Bengals defense? Is it just like good in one area or do they play man? Like if, if, just a quick explanation of what yeah. the Bengals defense is. Two, two words, Jesse Bates. He's their, he's the defense, man. He's um, he's played at a, an extremely high level this year. I think he's on his way to an all pro season, had an interception last week uh, or two weeks ago, rather. Um, or no wait no he had an interception last week dropped one two weeks ago against the Steelers anyways this 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 week by the way with the bro injury has been the longest three days ever or four days um so yeah it it, Jesse Bates he's the uh, free safety if you're not aware third year guy 23 years old um and even though he's in his third year he's younger than Joe Burrow and, and he's emerged as their best defensive player and they've had a lot of injuries on defense they're young at linebacker uh injured in the trenches uh, they have a, a solid secondary overall. Von Bell's the other safety you'll see. William Jackson the third is a, a high-end corner. I think he's good. You'll probably see him matched up, I would assume, on Slayton. I, I would assume they – not that they'll travel, but he'll, he'll be on the outside there. And then uh, the matchup I'm really excited to watch is Sterling Shepard versus Mackenzie Alexander. Alexander's in a contract year, and if you could kind of prove yourself against one of the league's best slot corner uh, wide, wide receivers – I think that's uh, that, that would go a long way. He's struggled at times this season, so wouldn't be shocked at all if Sterling Shepard wins that matchup. Um, but really, the the tail of the Bengals' defense right now has been lack of pass rush. DJ Reader 
out for the season. You mentioned the Carlos Dunlap trade. Geno Atkins isn't himself. He's still still dealing with a shoulder injury, really trying to play through it that he suffered in training camp. So it's tough. So really it's Carl Lawson and he's the pass rush and that's it. So if there's three guys, three names you need to know and maybe stay away from or be aware of if you're a Giants fan, Carl Lawson off the edge, number 58. Uh, William Jackson the third, number twenty-two, uh, the the corner, and then Jesse Bates the safety, number thirty. Jesse Bates, I'm gonna have to go and watch them because I love hearing about safeties making plays. Um, a lot of times they get forgot. A lot of times the good ones get forgotten because if you're good, you kind of you don't get thrown out of time. You you keep a uh, keep people off your side of the field. So I like hearing about uh, safeties making plays. James, where can people find you? Because our you know our fans are loyal. They wanna they wanna you know hear more about the Bengals. Where can people find you? allbengals.com it's a one-stop shop links to the podcast are there the locked on bengals podcast obviously the latest bengals news if you want to keep up to date with their injuries this week anything like that it's one spot allbengals.com sounds good we know sports illustrated is good our, our listeners like patricia trainer does the giant stuff so mm-hmm. good to hear james i i appreciate you giving me uh, some some of your time tonight of course man thanks for having me thanks man no holds bad he he took me in the low post and won but I think we had on the Vosity. All right, thanks, James Rippian, for coming on the show. But, guys, the holiday season is in full swing, and with the professionals and collegiate football seasons entering the playoff push, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook, wants to put you in the center of the action. If you haven't tried it yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss what DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer. To celebrate Sunday's action, DraftKings is ensuring all new customers are covered up to $100 that's right you bet they cover with risk-free sunday betting on all of sunday's action steelers ravens is in that now don't miss out on sunday night's pivotal matchup between bitter divisional rivals so get in on all of the action now steelers ravens like i i really was looking forward to that guys how about you guys like i suck when we don't get to watch that but that's one that's the game to watch if you're not a giants fan oh i was pumped on top of that great sign of offer, DraftKings Sportsbook has special odds boosts and promotions every day of the week. Every. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is ensuring your Sunday bets up to $100. That's right. New customers can get can be can bet this Sunday risk-free up to $100 when you use promo code JOHNBOY during sign-up. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Must be physically located in New Jersey. Risk-free coverage paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Danny, it's time for the Danny's Dumb Sat of the Week. Or Danny's Dumb Trivia. Whoa, 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 whoa. That was a fennel. That's not what comes first. Weather. Weather weather and trivia. <laughs> weather and... Wanny's like, wacky weather and Danny's dumb trivia. Danny's wacky weather and Danny's... We we still haven't come up with good wacky names. Wacky Dave or uh, Wacky Bruce. That was one of my favorite moments from Bruce Almighty. Hey, All what's right, going so on, it's... Wacky Bruce? See, now, see, that was me stalling because I didn't have the weather pulled up on my phone. Okay. Uh, weather for Sunday's game in Cincinnati, mostly cloudy, 42 degrees. 
Uh, 71% cloud cover. Always care about that. No, no wind. Virtually no wind. So it's going to be a non-windy day, which could be good because hopefully we have Graham Gano back on Sunday. We don't have to worry about whoever's kicker for us other than a guy named Graham Gano. All right, so we'll get to trivia questions. Simple one this week. Nothing crazy. Uh, in the whole series against the Bengals, who holds the most rushing yards in a single game? Did it come from 2008? No, it did not. Ooh, tough. Tough. Rodney Hampton. No. This is going to be really embarrassing because I don't exactly know when. No, no. The Bengals, I feel like, didn't start around like in the, in the 60s. I feel like they weren't a franchise yet. I'm, I'm just going to say Tiki. Ooh, you were close. He was 10 yards behind the leader. The leader was Ron Johnson. 1972, Ron Johnson oh at 119 yards on 19 carries for an average of 6 yards per carry. Because my second guess was was Gifford, but I'm like, that's they weren't around. And also, the the, the NFL and the AFL were not playing each other. So the, the, You want to know who third overall was in the series? Who? who? Rashad Jennings. <laughs> Remember Get Rashad Jennings? Yeah, I remember Rashad Jennings. Yeah, I, the guy I who remember um, him. broke Dak Prescott's ankle. Yeah, 87 yards. Do <laughs> <laughs> you guys just watch Bruce Almighty? No. Justin, have you seen Bruce Almighty? I watched the one with Jim Carrey. That's it. This is one of my favorite. This is like why Jim Carrey is my favorite like actor of all time. You see, that's what makes me uncomfortable about Jim Carrey. <laughs> you ever see the movie Yes Man? You ever see the movie Yes Man? Yeah, that wasn't one of his best ones, but I've seen One it. of the most uncomfortable times I've ever been watching a movie is he has kind of a funky face. So when he tapes his face and his nose like looks that. like a pig... And his and his cheese and he's like hi. That's it, one of the most uncomfortable. Like, ugh. I love that. <laughs> like, he looks weird. You, I could honestly end the pod. I, I I would be happy just playing that for ten minutes straight on this podcast. In fact, <laughs> no, oh, no, let's let's not one do that. We're, we're going over that thirty minute mark. <laughs> one more time. Eroding beneath me. When he, when he started that uh, new Sonic movie, that sounds like oh wow, Jim Carrey's really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, right I mean now. he's 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 seen better days. All right, let's get into the fantasy draft though. Bam. Oh, hey, I know it's, he's gonna brag. Who won the last fantasy matchup? Yeah, there it is. Your boy did. There it is. Your boy did. I won last the last game we played with thirty seven point eight points. Danny, you had thirty point four. Justin, loser, lehu. Hey, sir, with 28.3 points, even though he's in first place by 45 points. Danny's uh, 45 points back. I'm 107 points back. Minor setback, major comeback. Justin, you have the first pick this week. Uh, if this is your first time listening to a preview episode, a cool way of, I think, of highlighting matchups is we do a fantasy draft of only Giants and the team we're playing. So Giants, Bengals this week helps us highlight matchups, and it gives us a little competition, and we love competition. Justin. First overall pick. It's got to be a New York Giant, right? Yeah, it's going to be Wayne Goleman. Uh, I feel like Wayne Goleman has been a a, a, a walking uh, touchdown every single week because Daniel Jones isn't getting passing touchdowns inside the red zone, but Wayne Goleman 
They're methodically marching down the field, and Wayne Gallman has been getting those one-yard touchdowns. He's also been like Air Gallman. A few times he's like taken off from like the three, four-yard line. Um, so you can kind of compare him to MJ uh, dunking from the free-throw line. I, I think Wayne Gallman jumping at the three-yard line is the same exact thing. Wayne Train. I got a comment this week on Gallman, or like last week, where they're like, man, these guys wanted to cut Gallman. And now they're you know, now they're celebrating, and I was like, "That's that's a fair criticism." I was on the cut Wayne Gallman and keep bringing in somebody fresh, um, train. So, but now I'm like, I'm on the Wayne train. I'm not a Gallmanite, but I am on the Wayne train. Love Wayne Gallman getting praise. That's amazing. I mean, I don't support you not supporting him because you're just being, you know. I almost went. I, I mean, I was a guy who's like, I think Rob Martin could take the number two job over Wayne Gallman. I mean, I was a Wayne Gallman hater. I, I really think it was. says more about running backs than it does about Wayne Gallman. Nah, it's Wayne Gallman's the beast. Nah. All right, next. Next. <laughs> I'm going Darius Slayton. I'm going Boomer Bust. Uh, Shepard probably will go up against Mackenzie Alexander. Um, who, you know, Alexander's not great. But Slayton, this is a game where Slayton could have two, three touchdowns. Like, this is a game. Um, so I'm going Boomer Bust. Darius Slayton, I, I think they're going to get... There's going to be some type of deep connection here. They had to have seen against the Eagles. At some point, you have to see Daniel Jones have, like, basically perfect placement down the field. The Tampa game was an outlier. Like, at some point, you have to see that and just give Darius Slayton those shots. And I think this will be a game where they do that. So, I'm going Darius Slayton. Daniel Jones was talking about this week how he kind of needs to give Darius Slayton just more of those opportunities to just go up and get a ball. Um, Some reporters were asking him that, and Daniel Jones was like, yeah, just got to trust him. So... Like the pick, hopefully they can do that more because if the Giants are going to be playing against man coverage so often and Slayton's going to have one-on-one matchups, uh, send them on streaks down the field. Let's uh, let's make a play. Big explosive play puts you on the other side of the 50-yard line. Danny King, you were going to say something. Yeah, no, I was just going to say Darius Slayton. That's a, a, a safe pick. I mean, Darius Slayton is obviously going to have production. My pick, I'm going to take Sterling Shepard. Good player, quality player. I see him eating these these Bengals alive, and then I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I I I've I'm taking Evan Ingram. I think <laughs> he can. I'm gonna regret this decision. I think Evan Ingram can have a day against these linebackers. The, the Bengals defense is good. This is the week to pick up Giants wide receivers. I think this is the week to even pick Colton freaking Tate. I think he'll provide some production for anyone that picks him. Man. We have literally went in order of my big board. My big board was Gallman, Slayton, Shepard, Ingram. This is, here's the issue, guys. The next guy on my big board will be talked about in my giant factor. So I just don't feel like I don't feel like I can add this guy and then talk about my giant factor trying to stop this guy. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go off the second guy on my big board. I'm going to the Cincinnati Bengals. Don't do it. I'm going to T. Higgins. T. Higgins, I don't know. Yes. I don't, I don't know who Bradbury is going to cover. Oh, this I probably know, is a game where they're not going to have Bradbury um, following guys. So I'm going to go T. Higgins. Um, he's one of those guys, you know, we're probably going to beat this team by a lot. But I can see T. Higgins having like 80 yards and a touchdown. Um, so I'm adding T. H- the kid, T. Higgins. See, I think this is a risky week to pick a Bengals. Like, if this was with Joe Burrow, I would have no problem picking Bengals receivers. But this week, who knows the connection Brandon Allen has. I know exactly who Justin's going for because it makes the most sense to pick this player with the Bengals right now. But I'll send it to Justin. I know who he's or he going could, to, which is which uh, a smart he, pick. He, but this is a, T. Higgins is a yeah. boomer bust pick for me. No, yeah, it's a boomer bust pick. So Justin proved me right and pick a certain player in the Bengals. Tyler Boyd, baby. Oh. Okay. That Tyler Boyd. That, that, that was the guy who was my. He, Tyler Boyd was number one on my big board 
or next on my big board. But I mean, I'll just Darnay Holmes is my giant factor, so I'm saving. I'm saving Tyler Boyd. I can't. I can't pick a giant factor and then pick the. But guy I'll I'll describe. Out. I'll describe Tyler Boyd. You can describe Darnay Holmes more in that matchup, but I can describe what Tyler Boyd does extremely well. And Danny's right. You know, who knows what this is going to look like with the change of quarterback. But since week seven and the last four games for Cincinnati, uh, uh, Boyd has had 11 catches, six catches, six catches, nine catches with two touchdowns thrown in there too. And right now he's the 14th ranked wide receiver in fantasy football. It's rare that where we actually go up against a... It's rare that we go up against a team that has a top-tier wide receiver that isn't going up against James Bradbury. So I think Tyler Boyd can consistently get those catches. He got those catches last year even without Joe Burrow, and he was productive. And Tyler Boyd is one of the most efficient deep ball catchers and deep ball wide receivers in the National Football League. The Giants have been good at not allowing the deep play, but if the Bengals run into one, it's likely that it's going to be Tyler Boyd that is going to be on the receiving end of it. I love Tyler Boyd. I I, I wanted Tyler Boyd in all my fantasy leagues this year. I unfortunately only got him in one, um, and he has been pretty good. All right. Who's the first pick of the third round for you? First pick in the third round for me. Hmm. We have Golden Tate. I don't want to go Cincinnati running backs. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to go Austin Mack. Uh, he's he's been kind of splitting kind of reps with Golden Tate, sort of, maybe you can say, but definitely the two starting wide receivers for the Giants are Slayton and Shep. I hope Austin Mack runs into a big play again. I'm hoping he does. Obviously, Golden Tate has just as good of a chance to run into a deep play, but I want the Giants to use Austin Mack on the outside. I want them to use Shepard in the slot. Um, I think Mack has shown... He has shown... When he's given the opportunity, more consistent, more consistent consistency. Wow, that's tough to catch those balls in tight areas and also to get separation more than Golden Tate has. All right, this is the tough pick for me. Number one on my big board. I'm not going. I'm not going to the big board. I'm just going to go. This is. I've went boomer bust for the first two picks. I'm going safe on this one. I'm going Samaje Perine. Perine. He's going to be the starting running back for the Bengals. It's just a safe pick. Start, he, he played some games for Washington back in like 2017. He's turned 24 carries in 2020 into 102 yards and a touchdown. It's the safe pick. I'm going with their starting running. You get the other team starting running back in the third round. I I, I got to go there. Danny, who are your last two picks? Uh, just to let, kind of bring in news, Larry Fitzgerald's tested positive for COVID for people who aren't paying attention. Bobby's douchebag, as he calls it. Whoa. I didn't say but, uh, he's a douche. I, I didn't know. No. People don't get that joke and – Actually, that's that's the joke because people don't understand it. Like, yes, why does Bobby not like Larry Fitzgerald? So for my next pick, I'm taking. I mean, I think I've taken him every week so far since he's been uh, activated. I'm taking Alfred Morris again. They keep doing the snap shares of Wayne Gallman, so please keep giving me uh, Alfred Morris every week because he keeps giving me points. And then my next pick. No, nah, I can't take. I was trying to lure one of you into taking Golden Tate so I can have him. Uh. No, you know what? I'm taking Golden Tate. I believe in him. He's going to give us a big catch. He'll give me some points. Give me Golden Tate to have a good game, and then he could tweet something out saying, like, throw me the ball more. Danny, who are your picks? Uh, Golden Tate? Did you pick someone else, too? Sorry, I was doing a Larry Fitzgerald tweet. <laughs> I took the giant, probably the best Giants player right now, Alfred Morris. Damn, well, I was hoping Morris would fall to me in the last pick. I always take Alfred Morris, baby. The, He's you, always on you this You took team. Golden Tate? 
Yeah, Golden Tate and Alfred Morris. I think I've picked all Giants this week. Good for me. Yeah, all, all Giants. All Giants all the time. All things Giants. Like, he's in the chat right now. Um, all right. There's somebody that hasn't been picked, I'm pretty sure, that, that is it's screaming at you right now. Okay, who do you think? Who did you think I was going to take? AJ yes. Green, Drew Sample, AJ Green. Like who, AJ Green. Oh, AJ Green. Wow, I forgot. Dude, his catch rate sucks. It's forty-five percent, and that's with Joe Burrow. I'm going Drew Sample. I liked Drew Sample. I remember talking about him in the draft um, last year. I think he was actually on our tight end preview episode last year. If you re- if our 2019 tight end preview, go check that out if you got some time. So I'm going Drew Sample, the kid out of Washington. I, I completely forgot AJ Green in this fantasy draft. I was never going to take him in the first place, but I'm just not. I'm just. I'm kind of off AJ Green. He's kind of having a good stretch of games. He actually caught a touchdown last week with four catches against Indy Week Six. He had eight catches, seven catches next week. He's on a little bit of a hot streak. So look out for old, good old AJ Green. Well, are you going to pick him? I wait. I thought I was done. No, this is your last pick. I'm picking AJ Green. Yes. Okay. Right. AJ Green, the final pick of the draft. All right. Speaking of Justin picking, Justin, who is your Giant Factor, aka X Factor? We call it Giant Factor because we're a Giants podcast, right? Of the week, right? If, if that if that confused you, that's the explanation behind that. My Giant Factor is going to be Levine Toilolo, Caden Smith, and him oh. lead blocking has been one of the most good positive driving factors of the Giants' running game, improving with their running backs. And even including on those read options. You saw on that 30-yard touchdown that Daniel Jones had the first the first one, not the one that was called back. But the 30-yard touchdown, Levine Toilolo was used as a lead blocker once again. Or, excuse me, Caden Smith was used as a lead blocker once again. Can Levine Toilolo fill that role? He was signed here for a decent chunk of change for one year to be a blocking tight end. He's been all right. He's been decent. Um, certainly better than um, a Red Elson that we had last year. So... Levine Toilolo, Caden Smith has, has the Corolla, not going to be playing. Let's see it, Levine Toilolo. I forgot about Red Ellison. I remember he was brought in in 2017, and like the Giants just completely did not use him. Like they just Ben McAdoo refused to use. Well, him. I thought he was going to be the fullback, and then Ben McAdoo started using a real fullback, which you know that's a Who's whole. Who's our diff- fullback that year? Shane Smith. He came in. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah, my yeah, guy, yeah, guy, my guy. Um, then he, when I was first doing this, I defended him after he sucked against Dallas. All right. <laughs> I was like, that's my guy. He's my friend. All right. My giant factor of the week. Darnay Holmes, the rookie. The rookie. He's lining up in the slot. He's been pretty good this year. He's been pretty solid for a fourth-round rookie. A lot better than slot options we've had in previous years. But this week, in a week with Brandon Allen playing quarterback, he's new. Tyler Boyd, a lot like Sterling Shepard, is the security blanket of the Cincinnati Bengals out of the slot. He is the security blanket. He is catching 79% of his attempts. He has 69 catches, 710 yards, and three touchdowns. He has been, everyone has talked about A.J. Green, obviously, because, you know, he's the big name. T. Higgins and his connection with Joe Burrow. Tyler Boyd has been the best wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. And that and now at the back of QB, he's going to be looking for a security blanket. And to me, that security blanket will be, boy, Darnay Holmes, step up big. They're going to attack you on this. They're, I feel like they're going to try and attack Darnay Holmes. Like, let's see what this rookie has. Do what you got to do when you're in man. Play good man. When you're in zone, play it smartly. Have a big game. And I am predicting that this will be Darnay Holmes' first interception of his career. Darnay Holmes will have his first interception of his NFL career 
in this game. You guys know I don't really like predict stats. He will have an interception in this game. I'm calling it. And if it happens, I'll be the smartest person in the world. Wow. Darnay Holmes will get an interception. And he you will be a giant factor for a Giants victory. Danny, who is your giant factor? My giant factor is a player that I've truly believed in from the start. I've wrote and written plenty of articles on him, tweeted out tons of stuff, tons of stats. I'm a huge fan of him. Always believed in him. Uh, Leonard Williams. I this is the week Leonard Williams should go off. Like the Bengals' offensive line is horrendous. The re, I was surprised Joe Burrow wasn't hurt before then because with the hits he was taking with that line. Leonard Williams, just go out there. Get two sacks. Give, give me two sacks. I think this is the week Lion Williams going to have a two-sack eight. Let's go maybe two and a half. Let's do that. Just blitz the crap out of uh, Brandon Allen. I almost called him Kyle Allen. Let's just make his day miserable. Let's make him question why he loves playing the game of football. Leonard Williams, you're my giant factor. Beat up Ky- uh, Brandon Allen. But don't. let's not injure any more quarterbacks this year. I'm sick of seeing ankles popping out. I'm done with know. that. I feel I'm like really we should just embrace that. our identity with that. <laughs> Sorry, the giant ankle. Joe breakers. Burrow broke his ankle. Got, he he injured himself. Like I'd rather do that. I like I know what's coming. I might as well just get it done now. <laughs> like just I, I need to, I need to get into this rehab one week earlier. That's what Joe Burrow was saying. <laughs> get my body prepared for next year. All right, all right. Quick picks. Um, let's go quick through them. Now we I've actually changed this. I don't even know if I've told you guys, but I have changed the quick picks because the listeners just. We put the polls out, and they just pick the favorites every week, you know, and that's not really fun. So, Pat McKinley, who's a Patreon, had the idea of like, hey, let a Patreon member every week pick. So, I gave Pat McKinley the first one last week when we didn't have an episode. He went three and five. Kind of a loser, Pat McKinley. Um, So, but the listeners are still in first place. Tied, though, with me. They're tied with me. We're both 53 and 34. I went six and two last week. Justin went six and two last week, passing, uh, putting Danny into last place. Because Danny went three and five. Um, this week, the listeners are represented by Jared Wenzel, who is a Patreon member. I, I actually am pretty sure he runs the Giants Reddit account. I don't know if I just doxed him. I don't know. Sorry, Jared. Um, we're going to start with the Thanksgiving games. Texans at Lions. Jared went Texans. Justin, who do you have in the Thanksgiving throwdown? Imagine if I didn't tank two weeks ago. I, I think I would actually be competing. <laughs> I'm going Texans. Desha- I'm actually excited to watch Deshaun Watson. I'm going good old Matthew Stafford and the Detroit Lions because, I mean, this could be the final time we'll be watching Matt Patricia because he's going to get fired at year's end. Do you guys like the tradition of the Lions and the Cowboys playing every Thanksgiving? I do. I'm a big fan of tradition. And it's like, okay, Thanksgiving, you get to see the Detroit Lions. Maybe not the Dallas Cowboys as much, but I, I like seeing the Lions every Thanksgiving. I like knowing that. I mean, honestly, like, I didn't grow up with, like, a dad who, like, got me into sports. But my, like, sports memories as a young age was watching the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving, so it just kind of brings back those. It's, I like I like tradition. Do you guys like it, you young you whippersnappers? I, I mean this. I mean this game. Like you know, it this is the worst slate of games they've had in a while since they lost Raven Steelers. But like NFL on Thanksgiving is just the best. It is waking up and, and then watching the parade, and then going to watch the Lions at noon, and then you get to watch the Cowboys play whoever, and probably get embarrassed on Thanksgiving. It's a great tradition. I I, I always enjoy. I just wish the two teams were good. Lions are bad, Cowboys are bad, Washington's bad, Texans are bad. I just wish they were halfway decent games. Last year's game was good, uh, Cowboys-Bills, but I do like the tradition of those two. David Blau, he he started out hot and then lost to the Bears last year. Justin, what about you? I feel like it would be different in the 90s where you're watching Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, one-time slot, then you're watching 
Barry Sanders in another time slot. So I didn't get a chance to see that, unfortunately. But I just feel like the Lions, the Lions this year, this is this would be my take if we were on talking football. The Lions are the most boring team in the National Football League. They are the. I think they're exciting. <laughs> I can't wait to see Matt Patricia's stupid face all day. I can't wait to see it. But they're and with, just, with that pencil on his head. They're just boring because. They're so, like, in credit, they've gone from being the joke of the National Football League of being 0-16 and, you know, being having a top-five draft pick every single year, and now they're just, like, mediocre. They're, like, always average every single year. They are the most boring team in the National Football League, the most boring franchise. That has to suck for Lions fans losing every year. Like, most – not every year, but it's like – you guys know, like, losing drains you, and it's just, like, to do – like, every Thanksgiving, like, starting it off with an L – so that has to suck. Imagine if we were a Lions podcast and we had to record a episode after Thanksgiving night every year. That would suck. Um, I don't think this podcast is still going if it was a Lions. Like when show. we lost to Washington that year, and then Eli was benched, you know, the following you know um, week. That sucked. <laughs> like it sucked driving home. And I remember I went. It was one. I went. I you know we were like two yard two hours out of town, so it's like driving back with like six people, and it's like Giants freaking lost. Giants lost. Um, I'm going Texans. Washington at Dallas. This game is important to us. Jared went Cowboys with for the listeners. I'm going Washington. I think Washington is going to win this game. I get the Cowboys beat the Vikings, but the the Cowboys are still a dysfunctional team with Mike McCarthy. I'm going Washington. I'm taking Washington as well because we need Washington to win, and I want the good vibes of Washington. And they only, they all, they were close to being in Dallas in that first game, and I think Washington is like that team that could just provide the upset factor. I know the Cowboys had that tragic event happen, so I'm assuming that's weighing on all their minds. But give me Washington to win this game. I want Washington to win, so I'm going to pick Washington. Also, uh, I let's let's see how Dallas does in terms of there was a lot of conversation this week on. Which team should the Giants fear the most? And I, the tides have turned to Dallas instead of Philadelphia, even though Philadelphia is technically still in first. Vikings have a very bad defense. You know, Zimmer's usually a defense coach. They have a very bad defense this year. They're dysfunctional in their own right. Um, they're dysfunctional and disappointing, just like the Cowboys are this year. So let's pump the brakes. Let's see how this Cowboy offense does. But I'm rooting for Washington. Can you guys hear that horn? No. The car lot across the street from my office, it's like twice a week, one of their cars, just the alarm, just starts going off every 10 minutes. And they're so stupid and dense. Like, there's been times where I just want to, like, just unload into the thing. Unhook the battery, dummies. Everyone call them right now. (laughs) Autofairllc.com. Say, habla espanol. Please call them and harass them. It's so (laughs) annoying. Unhook the battery, you idiots. All right. (laughs) Just calling for harassment. Ravens at Steelers. I was really looking forward to watching this on Thanksgiving. It's pissing me off. Ravens at Steelers. It's supposed to be Thanksgiving. I was really looking forward to watching this game. With all the Ravens COVID stuff, I'm going Steelers, though. Danny. Yeah, Steelers. I mean, the Ravens are infested with COVID right now. Yeah, uh, uh, Ravens have had a tough time winning close games against good teams. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers. Listeners went Ravens. The listeners went Titans at Titans at Colts. Justin, what's your pick on this one? This is the this is I feel like this is the deciding game in the standings this week. I like the Colts. I like what the Colts have been doing. I like how they fought against the the Packers last week. Um, they beat beat the Packers last week. So especially being behind in a game and then also working your way back by throwing the ball, and not just playing with the lead. I'm kind of liking the Colts, the Titans, a little bit a uh, little bit weak defensively this year. So give me Philip Rivers, Danny. 
Same reason as Justin. Give me Phillip Rivers and the Colts. They just seem like they got it going right now. When you beat the Green Bay Packers, how can you not pick them the next week? I love the Colts. I'm a, I'm a Colts guy. I really do. I just feel like the Titans are going to win this game. They had a big win against Baltimore last week. And I just still am just not sold on Phillip. Like, Phillip Rivers can get the job done. But I just, I feel like, I just, especially with the way the Colts beat the Titans a couple weeks ago on Thursday Night Football, the Titans... This is going to mean more to them. I I I I've, I've probably like the Colts a little better. No, I, I like the Titans better. I think the Titans are a better playoff, better built for the playoffs, although the Colts can end up winning this division. I'm going Titans, but this to me is, this to me will be a very telling t- game about both these teams. We got the Chargers at the Bills. I'm going Bills. The, the Chargers just can't. I mean, they almost lo- like lost at the end to the Jets. Like the way they operate at the end of games is comical. I'm going the Bills in this one. The listeners went Bills as well. Justin, who do you got? I agree. Danny's going to say circle the wagons. I'm going to take his line. Buffalo Bills. I'm not picking the Whoa. Bills this I'm taking the Chargers. Give me the 14-year-old boy, uh, Justin Herbert, to go out there and provide a little shock to the Bills. Okay. They will not circle the wagons this week, baby. 49ers at Rams. Listeners went Rams. So it's just, this division is kind of weird. They're, you know, 49ers are obviously the worst in the division right now. They're banged up. Listeners went Rams. I'm going to go Niners in an upset. I'm going to go Niners in the upset. The Rams are coming off a Monday night win against the Bucks. I just, I feel like Shanahan's going to have something for this Rams team. I'm going 49ers. Danny. I'm going Rams. The, the 49ers, they're just nothing like they were last year. So give me the four, uh, Rams. We always think Shanahan's going to have something for the other team. And this year, it just it's not... Just not seeming to happen. Things aren't going the 49ers' way, so give me the Rams. Chiefs at Bucks. This is like an intriguing matchup when you think about the storylines. But listeners went Chiefs. And I mean I'm going Chiefs too. They're just there I feel like there's a pretty good gap between these two teams, especially in Kansas City. There's a gap between every team and the Chiefs right now. Every Steelers team. fans would get really triggered if they heard you say I, that. I legitimately think there is. I think there's just just because of how well the quarterback is playing. Yeah. But this is a game where Tom Brady comes back and, like, see, like you guys doubted us. Like, Tom Brady is the king of, like, the bounce-back games. But nah, this isn't the game he's bouncing back from. Yeah, I don't think so either. Like, I was tempted to take Bucks, but I can't do it. So, I mean, you guys are we're, – we're all going Chiefs. And then, speaking of Sunday Night Football, like the DraftKings ad said, we got Bears at Packers. Listeners went Packers, guys. Guys, I'm off the Bears bandwagon. I said I was going to ride it. I'm off the bandwagon. That being said, it's a divisional matchup. Sunday Night Football. We don't know who's starting a quarterback for them. I just feel like the Bears are going to win this one. I just do. I'm going Bears. I respect the pick because I feel like we've been picking very similar in these games. So you have to differentiate yourself somehow. But I can't. I can't do it. Go, go Pack, go. There is a part of me that want to pick the Bears because there's that side of me saying like they're going to win on Sunday night. Mitch Trubisky is going to come back, shock the world, and it's going to be like Mitch Train is back on. I, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna have fun with this week. Give me the Bears to win. The Bears. All right. So before we do the Giants predictions, guys, it is the Thanksgiving episode, and I want to hear something you guys are thankful for. First, I asked some. I only got five replies, which kind of didn't do great for like my self-confidence and one of them was tim coffee who was pissing me off about the friday intro music shut up tim it's not changing and the, and the song that he in, like like isn't even like an intro game vibe it's a cool it's a cool song um and i'm not even gonna give him any shout out because he's just he's just railing me about this get off my back tim coffee um 
Maybe maybe we'll come to church. I'll become a goblin. Anyways, so the listeners, Mr. Brownstone, he said, I'm thankful for the Washington football team because no matter how bad we are, we can count on them to provide us a W. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Thank you, Mr. Brownstone. J-Rock. Giants Roddy Piper says, I'm grateful at the time you're doing this and not having to stay up until 1 a.m. to listen live. Giants Roddy Piper is in the UK. Um, he's listening to this. at a, We're doing this at 11 in the morning, so it's easier for him. That being said, Gazman, I thought this would be easier on Gazman. He's at work now, so he's, it's kind of harder on him. Vin P said, thanks for the Bobby's film breakdown. Justin's deep dive statistical analyst. Um, good stuff. And then Smoking Woody said, I'm thankful for Marlboro cigarettes. Smoking Woody, my gosh, this guy is just addicted to the cigarettes. Justin, what's something you're thankful for? I've been really taking this week to reflect on how exactly I feel about Thanksgiving. Because I don't know. I'm, oh, God. Don't do, don't be one of those guys. No, I'm thankful for Thanksgiving sides. I'm thankful that the sides of Thanksgiving save the holiday. Because without them and without how good they are and without the excuse to use an excessive and inappropriate amount of gravy, Thanksgiving would not be... It wouldn't be an elite holiday. I respect that. The sides of Thanksgiving are the the best thing the mac and cheese that's like saying like the fourth of july wouldn't be a good holiday without the fireworks yeah that's the holiday justin no but here's the thing the main piece of the meal like fireworks are a mainstay of the fourth of july fireworks make the fourth of july great but what makes thanksgiving great is not like the turkey which that is the main staple of thanksgiving it is the sides and it is the everything that else that that can that gives that contextualizes it and that surrounds it Danny, what's something you're thankful for? I'm thankful the Giants don't play on Thanksgiving. They would ruin my Thanksgiving after spending, you know, with family, being thankful, and all of a sudden I get to go watch the Giants just crap the bed either in prime time or 4 o'clock. So I'm thankful the Giants don't play on Thanksgiving. You know, I was, I was going to get sappy and say I'm thankful for you guys, but it just I just can't. Coming out of yeah. my mouth, it just yeah, it feel, makes me feel weird. Um, but I am thankful for you too. I appreciate you guys. You guys are my guys. Thankful for the listeners. And I'm thankful for Joe Judge. Thankful for Joe Judge. Um, so good stuff. And I'm thankful for the score predictions. Danny, what is your score prediction of Giants Bengals? Twenty to thirteen, Giants win. Justin, what was Danny's score prediction? Twenty to thirteen. Twenty to thirteen. Oh, low scoring game. Giants are going to score thirty points on the dot. Thirty to sixteen. There's going to be a lot of field goals for the Bengals. Thirty to sixteen, Giants win. Uh, so if, what if the Giants don't score 30? What, what What's your take going to be? That they should have scored 30 and they're not as good as we imagine them being? You know, you know what? This That that question, that wise-ass question reminds me. I said on Twitter yesterday, if Leonard Williams gets to 10 sacks, the Giants pretty much, you know, they, they, they really have to re-sign him. What, so if he gets 9.5, they shouldn't re-sign him? Shut your bleeping I didn't mouth. see that. That's funny, though. I, like, shut up! Shut, like, really? That's what you're going to take out of this. You know, made that whole graph with the nice picture, and he's playing well. He's, like, the third best interior defensive lineman in the league. Oh, but if he gets nine and a half sacks, he shine. Shut You should your... lean into it. Be like, yes, absolutely. Are you dumb? Shut your mouth. God, piss me <laughs> off. Dumb people. Sorry. Guys, what are we doing here? Giants 77, Bengals 0. I mean, do I need to explain it this week? Do I need to? I don't. Giants 77, Bengals 0. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy this episode. Enjoy the week. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Monday for a Victory Monday podcast. It's going to happen. Until then, 
Let's go, Big Blue.